Hi, I'm Jackie Broach, and this is First Friday with Georgetown County. Our first guest today is Dwight McInville, our Georgetown County Library Director. And Dwight is here to talk to us today a little about the renovations that are going on at the, the main branch in Georgetown. Um, Dwight, tell us how that's going. I was in there the other day, and it looks like it's moving along really well. Well, Jackie, I'm so pleased to be here with you today, and, and I'm so glad to be able to tell the, uh, the, the viewers uh, about our exciting new project at our Georgetown Library on Cleland Street and near the historic district. Uh, many of you have probably visited the library before and you know that it has been very needful for a long time for a major overhaul. And thanks to a wonderful lady, Mrs. Jean Florinari Moody, uh, we uh, are able to do this. Uh, Ms. Moody, she uh, was a very unassuming lady, very smart, had a wicked sense of humor, uh, and cared very deeply about the library staff. But we didn't know that she was quite wealthy. And when she died in December of 2017, she left us about $1.4 million. And uh, Jackie, that enabled us finally to deal with our need for more space. And we did this by actually uh, uh, building a new wing to the library and a much larger auditorium than, that we, than we had had before. And many of you probably were in our small auditorium, which could barely hold the, 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 the large crowds that came to see our programming. So we're so excited, Jackie, to have this new auditorium. And the auditorium, if I'm not mistaken, is actually going to be named after Ms. Moody. Is that correct? It, it will be named for Ms. Moody, and very deservedly so. County Council, at its last uh, meeting, uh, they uh, actually... Uh, uh, approved this and the library board prior to their approval had unanimously said that this is what they wanted and we intend to use her full name Jean Flournoy Moody and what a wonderful lady she was. You know we have been planning to renovate the Georgetown Library for some time uh, through the uh, capital improvement plan. In fact some of you may have been involved with that. It was actually called Visions at one time and it started about 20 years ago and we had anticipated having enough money to do this, and we had many needs. And uh, so we built a, a new library in Carver's Bay in 2006. We followed up with an expansion of the Andrews Library in 2010. Then we built a new Waccamaw Neck Branch Library in 2013-2014. Then we built one at Southern Georgetown during the uh, pandemic, and by the time we got to George, the Georgetown Library, the money had run out. And those were all very needed, and they are beautiful oh, facilities. Yes. But this is also very needed. That's uh, right. Remind me, the last time that we had major renovations in Georgetown was after Hugo? Well, um, Hugo, of course, did a little bit of damage back in 1989. It had just opened, and we had new carpeting put in in 2007. And the, the roof was, uh, you know done over in 2007 as well. But it's been a long time coming, a long time coming. So when Ms. Moody provided her funds, that stimulated the county to find additional money too. And uh, they found about, I want to say 568,000 uh, from uh, ARPA money. And then there was excess, excess sales tax money uh, left over. And that was somewhere between uh, $800,000 and $900,000. And uh, 
county council graciously gave that amount of money. So the entire project has come in somewhere between 2.8 and 2.9 million dollars. And uh, it's just so wonderful to go there, even if in its unfinished state right now, to, to, to see the new vinyl floors, to see the refreshed walls, you know, no more old wallpaper, everything beautifully restored, new sheetrock, new ductwork. People will be able to breathe e easier in the building. Um, a lot more space. Um, Jackie, we were so frustrated. We were crammed into uh, uh, closets and into makeshift rooms that we had put together to, to have our very vibrant and innovative programs installed in. And so uh, we're very glad, very glad uh, to have this. Dwight, you were kind enough earlier this month to give me a tour, and yes. it really is just completely emptied out. It's a shell right now, just completely empty. So it's going to be like we have a, a new building, basically, on the inside. It's lovely. It's lovely. New ceilings, of course. Uh, and it's uh, going to be a lower ceiling. A we lower missed that ceiling. beautiful arch, but the lighting is going to be better, yes. you say. And LED lighting, that's so important because uh, we need to be able to see things. Uh, it, was, it was a beautiful building before, uh, but it's going to be even better now. Um, Jackie, we, we, our, our services, uh, I, I mentioned, were crammed into closets. Uh, our uh, editing suite for video production, which I, I, I know is uh, something that you love as well, Hopefully we'll be doing this in your editing suite Oh, sometime. yes, yes, Soon I hope new so. Studio in the new yes, library. yes. But uh, it, was, it was in a, essentially a closed closet. It was amazing that we were able to produce such wonderful videos with, uh, with the resources at hand. Uh, but now it's going to be in its own special room. Uh, we're going to have the rafters exposed in that room, although painted black. We'll be able to dangle cameras from the... Uh, rafters and we can really do some interesting interviews there some interesting programming and so it should be very 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 nice um, some of the viewers may know about our library youtube channel we have hundreds of videos on that channel uh, we've been doing uh, these videos since about 2002 and so uh, it's a historical site you can see world war ii interviews and of course so many of our servicemen from that period are no longer with us. Uh, you can see uh, memories of the Great Depression, and of course, many of those folks are gone too. You can see uh, memories of Hurricane Hugo and other hurricanes, and of course, a lot of us remember that. Um, so uh, that's viewed by about, oh, over 50 to 60,000 people per year. So it's a very popular service, and now we'll have a space to really showcase it properly there really are some historical treasures on your youtube channel and we'll put the link right here yes. on the bottom of of this production so people can find it but yeah. um your digital library is also a, a oh. real asset for our community well, well well thank you you know the digital library has about seventy thousand items we were one of the first libraries in the state to actually have a digital library clemson was there before us but we helped to uh to brainstorm to establish the South Carolina Digital Library in, at USC. And then we also uh, provided a, 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 a grant framework for the uh, College of Charleston when they did the Lowcountry Digital Library. There are four digital pillars to the digital effort in our state, and we're one of the four. And uh, of our 70,000 items, 
Some are newspapers, a lot of photo, a lot of photographs, uh, some are manuscript materials, and uh, it's amazing. Seven thousand people a month access our uh, digital library or Georgetown County Digital Library, and uh, we have people from all over the globe watching it. And uh, in particular, we we have a, 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 a village in Japan, which is a real fan base for our digital work, uh, both our YouTube channel and our, and our Georgetown Digital Library. So we're very pleased about that. How interesting. I wonder what makes us so interesting to them. I'm not sure. I guess they're learning about America. Uh, but, but those are, uh, that, that's, uh, I, I, I'm so glad you mentioned that because in the newly renovated space, we will have much more room to actually digitize materials. And I'm hoping that we can get a grant to digitize our founding documents because, oh. Jackie, our library has been in existence since January the 31st, 1799. But uh, we need to digitize our historical founding documents. We have the, uh, the charter that established the library. We have the minutes from the people who came together, the 50 rice planters and merchants. And uh, we, we have records of how they went to Europe to buy books because at that time, America didn't print many books, and uh, we're so pl proud of that because we are one year older than the Library of Congress. Wow, what one year interesting older. history. Yes, and, and this entire year, 2024, will be focusing on uh, our beautiful, our history, and we uh, will have a series of programs, and we like to think of it as a, a time machine through the history of Georgetown County. So we've applied for a humanities grant, which I believe we'll get, to have 11 speakers throughout the, the year who will be joined by local uh, scholars, and together they will explore different themes. And we'll do that, of course, in our new uh, Gene Flournoy Moody Auditorium. We hope everybody will come. So speaking again of the Georgetown Library renovations, we're on track to open in spring? Yes, so we uh, believe that we'll, well, contractually, uh, RC uh, Building Company, which is a general contractor, is obligated to turn over the library to us uh, by the end of February or the beginning of March. Once we have that in hand, then the work uh, really begins because we moved all of the books out of the building in order for them to do all of the work. And now we have to move all of the books back into the building. So I know that you had some volunteers to help yes. with moving the books out. Are we going to need more volunteers to help move them back in? We will need people with a lot of energy and <laughs> muscles. That could be you. So if somebody is interested in helping to move all these books, what should they do? How should they go about uh, signing ju up? Ju just uh, uh, call me, and uh, my, my uh, uh, phone number is uh, uh, available online. And I will certainly be glad to uh, to take your name and number. And uh, yes, it'll, it'll be great. And, and just so you know, my business phone is 843-545-3304. So I am looking forward to hearing from you. But Jackie, we're not done with telling everybody about all of the no, exciting things we're not. at the library. Uh, you know, we uh, also have uh, a wonderful... Uh, expanded space for teens. I'm very excited about that. You know, a, a teen technology center, 
we, we've had that in the past, but we actually had to put together a ramshackle room. Well, now we'll have something that's appropriate for the programming. And we're, we're looking forward to doing more makerspace activities, uh, such, such things as using laser cutters uh, to, to, to build things, uh, 3D printers. Yeah, these are things we do things. extensively at the Waccamaw Library, and yeah. now we'll be able to. Uh, now we'll be able to do them in Georgetown. That's right. That's right. And we're so delighted by that prospect. Um, we'll also be teaching uh, children uh, coding. We have all kinds of things uh, to teach them uh, how to do with that. Uh, we we uh, have had a drone in the past. Uh, we did loan it out to uh, the Emergency Operations Center, I believe, and uh, or maybe it was to to facility services, so we're going to have to borrow it back and uh, show people how to use a drone and then help the kids to build little drones that, that, they, can, uh, that they can fly perhaps within our new auditorium. Oh, we, don't, we don't release them to the outside. Don't worry. Don't <laughs> worry. Uh, but it will be exciting. It will be exciting. And then, of course, I haven't even touched on the children's area. Which, you know? speaking of the children's area, we are fundraising for a sculpture, a special sculpture that's oh, going to go in there. That, that is true. It's a Harriet Tudman and her nephew. It's a beautiful little sculpture. It's not inexpensive. Uh, you know, I don't have the greatest memory for figures, folks, but I believe it's somewhere around $30,000. And our friends of the Georgetown Library have been raising the money, and I think they're already two-thirds of the way there. But they do need your help. So if you would like to contribute to something worthy at the uh, Georgetown Library, please contribute to this beautiful sculpture. And again, if you're interested, give me a call, 843-545-3304. Another project the Georgetown Friends is working on is our landscaping. And again, they're a great group, and uh, they have raised, uh, I think their goal is fifteen dollars or $20,000 uh, to, uh, to improve our landscaping, and uh, they've... Uh, Almost uh, reached that goal as well, but there's still time, still time. And uh, again, anything that you all can do would be so much appreciated. But now back to the kids. Yes. Yes. We're going to have a new story time room. It's going to be painted in, in blue. If you take a look at my shirt color and lighten it up a bit, you'll get an idea of what the children's room's color will be. But, but it will be a beautiful space, and as you enter it, there'll be a new space for the Caldecott and Newberry award-winning books, which are the special books for children. You know, one of the awards deals with illustrations, and the other award deals with the, uh, the, the actual words in the books. And so there'll be a special chamber for, the, for that. And we know that the children love computers. Who doesn't these days? And so we'll have a special area, a special alcove, for them to engage in computer research. But having said that, Jackie, so many of our children are coming in with their parents and they're checking out real books. And so I'm so excited to let you know that if you take a look at our circulation for the last year, the circulation of adult materials and children's materials were neck on neck. And Wonderful. I hope that next year the kids will outpace the adults in, in their reading. It's very exciting. You know, we, we circulate uh, over 200,000 items per year. And... Uh, we're, we're so pleased about that. 66% uh, of our population has library cards, which is double the national average of 33%. Wonderful. And uh, our, our families um, circulate, come into the library 
about every three to five years, everybody, everybody does. And so we, we have a lot of, a lot of usage of the collection. And, you know, you think that in these times, who's going to read an old book, you know, an old book between, with, you know, you know, pages and all of that. But only 10% of our books circulation is electronic. You know, e-books, of course, are very popular, but printed materials are much more popular than e-books in our community. So just want to let you know. Well, I still, I, I utilize the e-books and the audio books from the mm -hmm. Libby app, but there's yes. nothing like having a, a printed book in your hand. I still love that. That's true. Yeah, it's, it's always it's always very wonderful. Now, uh, the Waccamaw friends have just uh, provided us with a, with a service, and uh, I cannot remember Canopy. the name. Canopy. Canopy. Yes. Thank you, Jackie, for saving me. Canopy. But that's going to be a new service. If you're a lover of uh, videos, then you can actually check out, I believe, about seven videos per month and uh, through this service paid for by the Friends of the Waccamaw Library. And uh, the, the films are, are of a higher caliber. Um, they're, 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 they focus on uh, culture. Uh, they focus on history. They focus on science. And, of course, they do focus on entertainment, too. Uh, but I don't want to say highbrow, but they're special films. They're wonderful films. So I do encourage you to, uh, to come to the library to learn how to access uh, that new service. You can also find information on Canopy and how to sign up at our website, gtcounty.org. Right. It's on the homepage right now, I believe. And thank you for putting that out, of Jackie. Course. You, you're, you're, the, you're the website my, maestro, as it were. I'm one of them. One oh, of them. Okay. All right. So I, you have so much always going on at the library. Is there anything else that we need to touch on? Well, we have an advocacy campaign going on. In fact, I will be in Columbia with some wonderful library supporters, some, some members, citizens from our community, and we're going to be asking the legislature to increase per capita support for public libraries from $2.25 per capita to $3. The first and last time that we had $2.25 per capita was in 2007, just before the onset of the Great Recession. And then it went south, it went all the way down to 74 cents per capita, and it's only gradually climbed back up to 225. And if you factored in inflation, and we all know about inflation, don't we? Then if the funding had been consistent from 2007 to the present, then we should be getting $3.27 per capita. So I don't think it's, out of, it's unreasonable to ask for $3 per capita do you? In any case, please let your legislators know that we need $3 per capita in state aid for public libraries. That would mean an additional $40,000 annually for books and technology for Georgetown County. Very much needed, Jackie. Absolutely. Very much needed. So inflation is just another reason that you should all be utilizing our library books, movies, audiobooks, ebooks. The Southern Georgetown Library even has a library of things where you can check out 
metal detectors, board games, oh, any Cut, number of cut, items. Cutlery items. Yep, cake pans, all yes. sorts of things they have over there. Yes. So there's so much that you can utilize your local library for. Dwight, thank you so much for coming on and talking with us about wow. this, and we cannot wait to talk to you again when the new renovated Georgetown Library is open. Well, thank you, Jackie, and thank you to all of the viewers for listening. And please share this uh, information with your fellow citizens, and uh, please use us. We want to serve you. Great. Thank you, Dwight. You're welcome. Our next guest is Afra McRae. She is the Director of Elections and Voter Registration for Georgetown County, and she is going to talk with us a little about several things, but starting with um, the presidential primaries. We have early voting for the Democratic presidential primary going on now, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, right. Um, first, let me say thank you for having me. I'm delighted to be with you. Uh, the early vote, the early voting for the Democratic primary is taking place now. However, it's Friday and today is the last day. So for anyone who isn't looking to show up to the polls on Saturday because you'll be absent from your county or you have to work, whatever the reason is, um, please report to any of our early vote locations today to cast your vote before 6 p.m. We have four early vote locations, the Andrews Recreational Center, the Choppy Recreational Center, the Waccamaw Rec Center, and the local county office. And the county office is at 303 North Hazard Street here in Georgetown. Right over near McDonald's. Yep. Should be easy to find. Should be easy to find. Um, so election day is February 3rd. That's the Democratic primary. For anybody looking to vote on that day, all of our polling locations will be open. However, if you are a Blaine voter, Merle's Inlet 2, you will report to the uh, fire station headquarters to cast your vote. So um, if you show up on Saturday and that polling place is closed, give us a call and we will be able to tell you exactly where you go vote. Uh, the address can be found on our website or on our Facebook page. So again, if you're looking to vote on election day, make sure you show up to the polls with any of the five acceptable forms of ID and ensure that that just make sure that that ID is unexpired. That way you have a smooth voting process. If there are any issues with your forms of ID, that's going to slow you down a little bit. So just pre be prepared to show your photo ID and make sure that it's unexpired. That way you don't run into any issues on election day. Okay. And election day is? February 3rd, uh, which is this set tomorrow. Okay. Mm -hmm. Perfect. And um, we have the Republican primaries that are also coming up in February, correct? Yes. So the actual election day for the Republican presidential primary is Saturday, February 24th. The early vote period for that election, for that primary starts on Monday, February 12th, and will end on February 22nd, which is on a Thursday. There is no early voting on February 18th, 19th, or the 23rd. Again, all four of our early vote locations will be open from 8.30 to 6. So if you're interested in participating in early vote, make sure you cast your vote between that timeline. Again, show up with your ID, make sure that it's unexpired. If you're unsure about your uh, voter registration, you want to ensure that it's up to date, it's current, it's valid, 
give our office a call. We'll be able to assist you. That number is 843-545-3339. Um, we are open and available and ready to assist you as best as we can. So give us a call for any question, big or small. Um, so I do want to add, because our most frequently asked question this month is, can I vote in both primaries? No. So, you know, you can't. Um, I'm however, glad that you know that. However, this is not a state where you have to register for a party. Right. So you can pick which one. You know, if you normally right. vote Democratic, you mm -hmm. can vote in the Republican primary Correct. and vice versa. Correct. So that's that's one of the great uh, things about South, voting in South Carolina is that you don't have to declare a political party when you register to vote. So if you're interested in voting for a Democratic candidate, and in your heart, you are a Republican uh, voter, you can take part in the Democratic primary and vice versa. Um, if you don't participate in either primary, if you want to participate in the runoff, you have more flexibility there, so you can vote in either primary. How, I will add that um, that is one of the questions on the Republican primary ballot is if voters should um, declare a political party when they register to vote. So if you want to take a look at any of the sample ballots, whether it be Democratic or Republican, you can view those on our website. gtcounty.org slash vote. Yes. And we always put the sample ballots up leading up to all the elections. Mm -hmm. So we do have other elections coming up this year. There yes. will, of course, be a primary for you know non-presidential elections. Mm -hmm. Then we'll have the November election. Um, let's talk about some of the rules, not just for the presidential primaries, but mm -hmm. that will also serve you all for these other elections going forward. Now, you can't wear your vote for ex-candidate shirt into the polling place or you, your, your hat or any of that stuff, right? You cannot. Um, and this has been a big question in our poll worker training sessions. So if let's say it's February 3rd, which is tomorrow, and a voter comes in wearing a Trump T-shirt. Or a riding with Biden shirt for the whichever. Can't do either of these. Actually, Can according you? to South Carolina state law, as long as the name on your shirt is not on the ballot, that is not considered campaign material. Okay, so you could wear your MAGA hat to the Democratic primary. Correct but not the Republican primary. Correct. I did not know that. I yes. learned something new today. Yes. And a lot of our poll workers are very uneasy about it. However, we only administer the process. You know, that is something to take up with your local legislation. Um, it's, it's permissible. If you are in violation and they ask you to cover up your shirt, mm -hmm. it's not the poll worker's fault. Please don't take it out on them. Right. Right. Um, and a lot of information is on our website. I don't know if we have the twin, the latest version of the poll manager's handbook, but any citizen, any voter, any observer can stop by, retrieve that handbook, and read it at, at their leisure. There's some good information in there, and it helps to know where you stand and what's allowed when you show up on election day. It keeps a lot of the confusion down. And it helps those poll workers when it voters does. know what's going on because yes. 
I've done the poll worker gig before. Yes. It can be hard. Mm-hmm. We want you back, actually. Oh, we'll see. Okay. I've got, I've got a little one right now. Yes, so you do. that's a long day to, mm-hmm. to be away from her and have to have a babysitter. Mm-hmm. But um, let's talk about poll workers. We always need poll workers. Yes. Like I said, it is a hard job, but it is a rewarding job, and it is a paid gig. Yes, it is. Uh, we So we are always recruiting. Um, we're lucky this go-round to have our locations fully staffed. One of the reasons for that in this election cycle is that the voters are split in half anyway. And so you won't have all 3,600 of your voters showing up on one day, and and that cuts down on the need for the maximum amount of workers. However, in June and November, we will restart that recruiting process um, because we will need the max um, during those election cycles. But if somebody is interested in maybe doing that later, Mm -hmm. they can go ahead and let you know, right? Yes. So a lot of of voters or... um, County, county people who come in, they want to work the polls. We ask for their ID and social, and they're a little apprehensive, but it's the only way to get to get them paid. So poll clerks uh, make 265 per election, and those are your more seasoned clerks. Those are your uh, poll workers who've probably been doing it for a few years. Um, I've always thought that the yes. way they name them is a little confusing. Yes, I is. would consider the poll clerk to be like the poll manager. Right, right. But they, they name no. them oddly, mm-hmm. in my posi- opinion. And whenever we start recruiting and we go, hey, are you interested in being a poll manager? Or here's a poll manager application. They go, no, no, no. I'm new. I, I only want to be a worker. And we have to explain that. that the poll manager is the, the lower level yes. worker. And the poll clerk is actually yes. what would normally be the manager. Yes. Yes. And so I, I want to add that the poll managers make $165. So while it's not a whole lot of money and you don't get rich doing it, I think it is rewarding. It is. And I think a lot of people view it as a civic duty. Now, it is hard work. It is a long day because those polls open at 7 and they close at 7. And mm-hmm. you have to be there before that and yes. after that. Yes. But you see lots of people from your community. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a lot of time to talk to them, but enough time to say hi mm-hmm. and it is a fun experience. Yes. If you've never done it before, I would definitely I think recommend so. it. Mm-hmm. I think so. So if for anyone who is looking to become a poll worker, stop by our county office so we can get that process started. All right. So let's talk about filing because we do have some other positions, local elections that are going to be on the ballot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, sheriff, mm-hmm. coroner, mm-hmm. auditor, treasurer, mm-hmm. clerk of court, mm-hmm. um, council districts. Two, three, four, and five. Mm-hmm. And your probate judge will be probate on the ballot. Judge. And so your school, you have some school board seats that will be on the ballot as well, in addition to your water and soil seats. Filing for those seats. So filing for all of your elected officials and any of your partisan offices will take place March 16th at noon, which is on a Saturday, and will end on April 1st at noon. So for anyone who's interested in running for any of your elected official seats or your county council seats, uh, give us a call. We can tell you what that filing fee will be and how to start that process and remind you of the filing dates. Again, all of this information uh, will be on our website well before that that date starts. 
Um, so again, you can find it on our website. Those are the seats that are up. We also have school board candidate Fallon that takes place. That starts August 1st at noon and will end August 16th or August 15th at noon. Um, so if you're interested in running for any of those seats, give us a call and we will uh, explain to you how that process works. Now, a lot of those seats are countywide seats like sheriff and coroner, mm -hmm. obviously. Um, the council seats and I believe the school board seats are also by district, correct? So the school board seats that are up this year are by district, but I believe you do have one. It could be two at-large seats that are countywide. So District 2 is currently held by, for County Council, Bobby Anderson, mm -hmm. that is the Polly's Island area. Yes. District 3, Everett, Carolina, in the Sam Pitt Santee area. Mm -hmm. District 4 would be Lily Jean Johnson, that's yes. in kind of Georgetown Central, right. the city area. Mm -hmm. And 5 is Raymond Newton for Andrews. Mm -hmm. So if anybody has thought about running for, for office, those are the ones that will be up for for this year. Is it the same for the school board seats? Do they kind of mirror the council seats that are up this year? So, I don't think so. Um, I, I know school board seat four is up. And I know that that's the only one I know off the top okay. of my head. Well, we'll put more information about that mm -hmm. later this month mm -hmm. on our website. Again, that's gtcounty.org slash vote. Mm -hmm. um, so, we have those filing dates. The primary will be in June to decide yes. any any. Seats to where narrow we have down multiple, your mm -hmm. yeah, multiple candidates. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, November is going to be a presidential general election, and those are always really busy. Yes. What are you expecting for this year? Do you think turnout's going to be huge? I think turnout is, is going to be extremely huge in November. So, uh, our early vote locations will be open and available. So, hopefully, having those four centers open will cut down on the long lines that we expect to see in November. I am November. so glad we started doing early voting yes. in South Carolina. People love it. I love it. Yes, people love it. You you don't have to have a reason. You walk in with your ID or your voter registration card that has the picture on it. You cast your vote and it's done. Yeah, no lines, generally nope. no lines. Generally no lines. Yeah. In, in June and November, voters will see some lines then, uh, but for these next two elections, um, it's been pretty much smooth sailing. It's not like the election day lines we used to see, mm -hmm. though. No. Early voting makes it so much easier. Mm -hmm. Now, I bet that does create some extra challenges with the poll workers, though, because it's not just one day. Yes. It's, it's so the Democratic uh, early vote period is ran for 11 days. Uh, the Republican early vote period is going to run for nine days. So most of our workers that work those elections are retired. And um, that's great, you know, that we have them to do it. But we are looking for um, a young, the younger population to pitch in. Some of our poll workers are in their 80s, but they're dedicated, they're reliable, and, and they really love it. So um, while it is a challenge, we have some people that are committed to it, but we are looking for a few more good men or women. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I know that all these young people will say, oh, but I have to work. Well, um, some employers will let you take a vacation yes. day and you can go make a little extra money on mm -hmm. top of that by being a poll worker. So mm -hmm. that is an option. Yes. Um, so 
anything else you can think of to tell us, Afra? I just want you guys to know that the county office, our staff, our board members, we really work hard behind the scenes to make it possible for you guys to cast your vote um, as easily and as convenient as possible. We are always looking for ways to improve the process as a whole. So for anyone who wants to be a part of the process, um, give some suggestions, comments, or concerns about the process, give our office a call. We, we, we are working harder than you all can imagine. So um, help us improve the process by giving us your feedback and coming out to vote. Um, if, if you ever wanna share your thoughts, or stop in to just say hi. Give us a visit at 303 North Hazard Street here in Georgetown. The day before Election Day is probably not the best day to do that, though. Um, you guys are very busy on those yes. days. And we do get calls sometimes about, oh, I can't get through to the office. Mm -hmm. You guys are short-staffed right now. Mm -hmm. And... There's only so much you could do. There are some things that voters can do to make sure that you don't have quite as many calls on right. election day, right. such as checking their election information, which can be done online. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? So a, f a few things. I'm going to back up just a Go little ahead. bit. We are, an all, we are a permanent office staff of three. Um, however, county council was pretty... Uh, generous with our budget this year. So we have a call center staff that's available to help with the overflow of calls on election day and during the early vote periods. We didn't need them this go round. So we have them placed at an early vote location. Um, so we try to now get your calls answered quicker. You get your call your calls answered quicker now than you did in the past. Great. Um, so that is an extreme improvement. Also, while we are very busy the day before election day, a lot of people say that I'm too accessible to the public. <laughs> but those are my customers. That That is not a complaint that I hear very often about government servants. Mm -hmm. So good on you. Yeah. And I, I want to see my voters. I want to hear what they have to say. I want to see what they look like. I want them to know who I am. So even though I am busy on, a, on the day before election day, um, I am sure to have a quick minute or two to speak to you to discuss, you know, um, anything. So back to... But do her staff a favor and go see her the week before election day. Right. That that would be that would be helpful. Uh, any information that you need to find, whether it be where is your polling location, if you want to view your sample ballot, if you want to simply check your voter registration, you can do that at our website. Anything you can possibly think of to, to do... Um, we have provided as an online service to you. Calling our office is great, but I would recommend starting um, 
with our website. Mm -hmm. That way you familiarize yourself with it. You get to know it. You get to know how it works. You get to know what's there. And if you find it difficult, give us a call and we'll assist you. But anything you can possibly think of, even if there is a polling location change, let's say there had to be an emergency move that took that had to take place three days before the election. That information you can find on our Facebook page. We have been extremely lucky to have the direct contact with the county IT department. One of my favorite people is Mr. Randy Akers. And so without Randy and the county IT department, it would be extremely hard for me to get all this need to know information out to you to you all as quickly and as efficiently as we have done um so kudos and shout out to our county it department they are great help but our online website has a wealth of information on it um so i i recommend that you take a look and that again one more time is gtcounty.org vote yes and we will be updating that frequently this year with all the election news that's going on Afra, thank you so much for coming in to talk with us about this. Thank you. And um, I'm sure that some of these folks will be reaching out to you as we move forward. Um, thank you for everything that you do for our county. Thank you for having me. That does it for the February episode of First Friday with Georgetown County. Sheriff Carter Weaver was supposed to be with us today. He unfortunately had another commitment come up. Um, but I do just want to take a moment to remind you all that the Polar Plunge, a fundraiser for Special Olympics that the Sheriff's Office sponsors every year, is tomorrow. Registration starts at 10 at the Litchfield Inn. Um, there is a costume contest and award ceremony at, I believe, 11, and the actual plunge is going to be at 11.30. There is still time to sign up or make a donation, and definitely go out. It's always a good time. Um, also, you can keep up with other updates from Georgetown County on our website, gtcounty.org, and please sign up for our newsletter, the Georgetown County Chronicle, which comes out once a month and has a lot of great information in it. This again is Jackie Broach. Thank you so much for joining us.